Well, we have a um, new sermon series that our pastors are starting today, and I have the honor of doing the first one, and it's Not of This World. That's our series, Not of This World. We're going to have four sermons on that, and my title today is, Who Are You? So let's uh, open up in prayer. Father God, we just ask uh, a communication, Father, that would not come from my head to other heads, but Father, from my heart to their hearts. Only Holy Spirit, Lord, can make this connection. So Father God, we ask a connection in the Spirit that we would grasp what the Spirit of God is saying today, Father, not a man, but what the Spirit of God is having us leave with today, Father, uh, to dwell on, to consider, uh, to provoke our thinking, to provoke how we live. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, um, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 in the Amplified Bible, ought to be a law. Everyone ought to own an Amplified Bible. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sensual uh, urges, those dishonorable desires that wage war against the soul. In the first part here, I urge you as aliens and strangers. What an amazing statement that Paul is making here. Uh, in the New Testament Greek language here, uh, aliens and strangers mean uh, we are traveling uh, in a strange land that is not our home, and we are away from our own people. And it's used as a metaphor here to remind us that heaven is our true country, our true home, our real people. And on this earth, we are on a journey that is foreign to us. How about that? Uh, did you ever consider when you get born again and made alive spiritually to Christ, one thing that does happen is we change countries and we change peoples of alliance, allegiance, allegiance. How about that? We change countries and peoples of allegiance. Isn't that something? What was your home is now a stranger to you because you are no longer of the spiritually dead. You're spiritually alive to Christ. We've got to grasp what's happening here. Uh, we're translated from spiritually you dead uh, human race of the earth into being new creatures in Christ Jesus. Now, my physical body hasn't changed, but the real me inside has changed. My mind quite hasn't caught up with it yet, but I've changed inside. And it's going to continue to show me this isn't home. And it's going to continue to show me I ain't related to these people. It's going to continue to be real to me if, as I pursue the Lord. That's a heavy thing. For example, did you realize one definition of the word Hebrew is um, one from the other side? How about that? One from the other side. You know, people ask questions like, are there aliens out there in space? Yeah, it's us. <laughs> We're the real ones. We're the real true aliens from the heavenly realm. Yes. This is not my home. I am a stranger in this land. I have no roots here. Uh, the Old Testament concept that you constantly saw, they were tent dwellers. That means I don't have a home. Where I pitch my tent is my home. Sounds like a blues song. I don't know. That's very strange. But uh, yeah, where I pitch my tent, that's my home. I have no permanent home here. Um, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. You know, this type of a scripture can be called an identity scripture, because when we read it, uh, an identity is being revealed to us as how God sees us. 
How does God see me? One thing he sees me as is a citizen of the heavenly realm, not here. And now that provokes me to start to think, does that mean I have to think of myself like that? Yes. Yes, we do. So if our citizenship is in heaven, that means here I'm a stranger. I'm a stranger among the earth people. That's not strange words. That's, that's the way it is. I'm now a stranger among the earth people. So since my citizenship is in heaven, what am I doing here? Glad you asked. Let's look at some of Jesus' words here in the gospel, uh, John chapter 17, verse 18. Uh, Just as you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. So he's speaking to his disciples here, but it can't be them alone. They're a, they're a prototype of the church, you and me. So we are sent into this world by Jesus' words. Uh, chapter 20, verse 21 of John. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you, uh, just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. So here we see that Jesus is sent of the Father, and we're now sent of Him. Uh, So uh, what does all this mean, this sending concept? Uh, Paul explains a little bit more of what Jesus is talking about in other of his letters. For example, in Ephesians chapter 6, in verses 19 and 20, in verse 19 he says, the mystery of the gospel. Then in verse 20 he says, for which... I am an ambassador in chains, that I, then in proclaiming it, I may be speak boldly and ought, as I ought to speak, asking for prayer for himself, but that he's an ambassador. And obviously it's costing him something to be an ambassador, he's in chains. Uh, So Paul here calls himself an ambassador, and an ambassador is one who is sent and represents his homeland. Hold that thought. Paul says again here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, very important set of verses for us that gives us purpose. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's real serious. If you're a believer, you are a minister of reconciliation. That means if Mike wants to go get a card at the business store, uh, Mike, well, minister of reconciliation. He's not wrong. That's technically what he is. That's technically what all of us are, ministers of reconciliation. All of us are ministers of reconciliation. Verse 19, namely that Christ, that that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their wrongdoings against them. He committed to us the word of reconciliation. Uh, Verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. How about that? As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. So Paul is saying about himself and now about the body of Christ. We are ambassadors. Uh, So a real big key here today that I want to present, do we think that way? Do we really think that way? To be sent by Jesus is to be an ambassador from heaven. How about that? Like Paul, we're ambassadors. We're ministers of reconciliation. And uh, you know, when you got born again, somebody probably gave you a Bible. They should have given you a job description too. Minister of reconciliation. That's my job? Yeah, that's who you are. You're a minister of reconciliation this side of heaven. Reconciling the world to Christ, who has reconciled it to the Father. So um, 
when a man or woman comes to Christ, um, he changes us. And he also gives us purpose. So if you're a believer, no one can say they don't have purpose. Your purpose, God will obviously give you a lot more, but your purpose is to be a minister of reconciliation. If you hear nothing else from God, you're a minister of reconciliation. And you will hear more. And in the New Testament Greek here, the word for ambassador is odd. It means to be an elder. Isn't that something? Uh, it suggests one who is mature with experience. But as believers, this isn't seen in years lived. Uh, not just time only, but it's seen with a spiritual meaning. Uh, Paul tells us in Romans that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the mature sons of God. Let's look at that. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, we've got a problem there because we speak English. And words don't mean the same way as they did in their original meaning in the New Testament Greek. I only have one son, he's an adult. But if I had two sons, let's say one is seven and one is 18, they're my sons. But obviously, obviously the seven-year-old was a surprise, we all know that. But obviously, it's like they're my sons, but they're not equal, are they? One's very immature and one, we hope, is mature at 18. So you don't say to the seven-year-old, here's the car keys, have a good time, don't go fast. I can say that to my 18-year-old, assuming we can trust them with the car keys, uh, but they're very different. I mean, the 18-year-old, at least in Jewish culture, he gets the Jewish credit card, which is the family ring, and when he goes make transactions, they have wax, makes the imprint in the wax, sold, and he can, he can make transactions for the family. Can't do that with a seven-year-old. He can't be trusted for that. So the, obviously, the 18-year-old is a son, but he's a mature son. In the New Testament Greek, they have different words to represent the ages that we have. A baby is called a breathos, like a brand-new breath. Uh, a, a, a toddler is like a napios, a child is called a technon. But if you're a mature son, like the 18-year-old guy with the, with the ring, if you're a mature son, that's called a weos. It's meant this is a mature son. So if somebody were talking in the New Testament Greek at that time and said, my son, by the word they chose, you knew how old that kid was, whether a real little one or a growing one. Here, uh, the Spirit of God is telling us through Paul that if we're led by the Spirit of God, we are mature sons of God. And I've seen people say not too long, and they're mature sons of God because they're led by the Spirit of God. Yet I've seen people say many, many years, and they are led by their emotions and feelings and not by the Word of God, not by the Spirit of God. They are little babies. I don't care if you've been saved 30 years. If you're not led by the Spirit, you're not a mature son. Mature sons are led by the Spirit of God. And of course, always remember, Holy Spirit leads us through the Word of God. You're led by Holy Spirit through the Word. Very, very key. If you think you're just led by Holy Spirit, you'll be a kook. If you think you're just led by the Word of God, you'll be a Pharisee. Holy Spirit leads us through the Word of God. Very, very important key there. But anyway, the point here is, um, if we are led by the Spirit of God, we are the ambassadors, the elder ones that we're supposed to be. We are the ones representing Christ the way we ought to. So if you're born again, I hope I'm speaking to uh, ambassadors of Christ here who are being led by the Spirit of God, the mature ones. Uh, his ambassadors are like trustees. Uh, they can be trusted with representing Christ on this earth, in our earth walk. Uh, and so I want to leave you some thoughts today that you can leave and meditate on and consider. 
Uh, again, I want to remind you today, our series is on not of this world. So today's message is, who are you? On your fill in the blanks there, number one, we have, we are not of this world age. We are ambassadors from a heavenly kingdom. You gotta get that. That is who we are. That is who we are. It's important we think this way, because if we think this way, we'll act this way. I can't impress enough upon you how serious that is. I, you know, I'm sure practically no one wakes up in the morning, I'm an ambassador for Christ today. We should though. That's exactly who you are. Uh, so I want to leave you today with some thoughts uh, that help us how we can act this way. And I speak to myself as well as you. you know, I'm not pointing a finger at you. I got three fingers pointed back at me. So that's in triplicate, you know. I need to listen as well here. So I want to talk today briefly, due to time, on the duties of an ambassador. Some of these are from the simple secular realm, but also there's obviously heavenly uh, application here. An ambassador represents those who sent him. Do you realize on this earth you represent heaven? You represent heaven who sent you? We weren't raised to think like this. We should be. So we have to change, I guess, how we see ourselves. You're not a mere mortal anymore. This is not home. Home is in heaven, and you're sent as an ambassador from heaven. Heaven has sent me. You wouldn't be wrong if you say to people, hi, heaven has sent me. You're 100% correct. They may not understand it, but heaven has. An ambassador speaks for their country who sent them. Have you ever considered that when you open up your mouth and speak the word of God, you're speaking for heaven? You are. When you open up your word, uh, open up the word of God and put that on your lips and out of your mouth, you have just spoken for heaven. That's a heavy statement. That makes us very important. The believers are the real VIPs on this earth. You're the real VIP. It has nothing to do with your education, your intelligence, how much of the Bible you know. It has to do with you already are made that way. You represent heaven when you open up your mouth. Better watch what comes out of your mouth, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess we have to. An ambassador spends his time among a people who are strangers to him. A people whose language and customs are not his own. He spends his time in a culture that is not his. It's foreign to him, and he's a stranger to it. Wow, is this how I view myself in this world age, in this physical body I'm in? Or am I in love with this world age? Bad ambassador. So I have an assignment here, you and I, we're on an assignment, as Paul tells us, of reconciliation. And on that thought, I found one interesting uh, thing I didn't even realize as a, a definition of an ambassador. They're a messenger of peace. Wow, how about that? I never realized that one. So are we, right? We make peace with this world age for Christ, whether they want to hear it or not. You are representative of the only peace they could ever know. They're not going to find it outside of Christ. It's impossible. An ambassador, he gets orders from his homeland. I get orders from my homeland. But if I'm not in contact with the homeland, how in the world can I know what the orders are? 
Well, that's what prayer is for. You get in touch with the homeland and you get orders from the homeland. If you're not in prayer, you can't get orders. The ambassador follows the protocols of those who sent him. I don't follow the protocols of this culture that I live in. I follow the protocols from heaven, which means I follow the protocols of the word of God. That tells me how I'm, a, I'm to act. That tells me how I'm to represent Christ. That tells me how to talk, how not to talk. Um, not this culture that I came in. It does not give me the protocols of how to represent my homeland. My homeland protocols are spelled out in the Word of God. That's my manual. That's my ambassador's manual. An ambassador coordinates agendas from his homeland. So that means an ambassador is always looking for opportunities to represent, uh, of those whom he represents. Can I say the same? Do I wake up every morning looking for opportunities for the kingdom of God? I should be. Probably fail a lot in that. Should be. That's what I should be doing, looking for opportunities to follow the agenda from my homeland. An ambassador always acts as an example of those who sent him. So if I'm an American ambassador, to Russia, I'm not going to act like a Russian. I'm going to act like an American. Fill in the blank here, number two. Do my actions show the example of a believer? Wow. It's always sad when you can't tell a believer from an unbeliever because of the way they act. That's a real shame. It's a real tragedy. I need to represent my homeland well, that I'm an example from my homeland. The ambassador, it doesn't get involved or tangled up with the people he sent to. How about that? Do I get tangled up with this culture that I'm in? And again, an ambassador is always being watched. How about that? They're always being watched. So you need to realize that you and I are always being watched by these earth people because we're heaven's ambassadors. Make sure you don't disgrace the homeland. An ambassador never betrays his homeland. Can that be said of me? An ambassador always reports back to those who sent him. We will give an account one day of our ambassadorship. I hope it won't be disgraceful. So much to say here, no time left to say it. Uh, I do have a special sermon at the end of this month on a Wednesday night. I'm pretty sure it's a topic you've probably never heard of before. I want to talk on the shiliok. I'm not going to tell you what that means. You're going to have to come and find out. But it is an ambassador on steroids, let me tell you. It's heavy. It's heavy. If this is like, wow, you ain't seen wow. Do you see what I'm going to share at the end of the month? It's, it's actually a Hebrew cultural thing. Uh, that explains a lot in the Bible that we just don't get, but that's what we're seeing, the work of a shiliach. And we'll talk about that at the end of this month on a Wednesday. So, as we move to communion today, I, I guess the point of all we have here in asking these questions is, who are you? Do you realize who you really are? Uh, the problem is today that um, out there in Christian land, we have people who are supposed to be ambassadors, but they're married to this world age. Um, and they became traitors. Doesn't mean they're not saved, but, you know, they love this world age. They act like this world age. They smell like this world age. And um, 
that's, I believe that's one of the main reasons why the body of Christ in America has no power today. They're in love with this world age. They cannot be trusted with the power of the Spirit. Because you go in third world countries, they see a lot of signs, wonders, and miracles because there ain't no plan B. I mean, the power of God is very prevalent because they're not in love with the age they live in. To have more is a blessing, but it's also a distraction too. The comfort of the age we live in, in this country, uh, the good society we've built, which is based on Christian principles, uh, that's a problem. We tend to get very comfortable and, and we forget what country we're really from. My home is not here. Why do I act like it is? Uh, I was talking to myself as well as you. So I think in the, in the New Testament here, we clearly see that, um, that we are not ones that are of this world age. And that's your fill in the blank there, number three. We are spiritual aliens to this world age. We are ambassadors from heaven where our true citizenship resides. Um, so the question really is, uh, we have to continually ask them ourselves here, am I thinking this way? Am I acting this way, living this way? It's real serious. That is who you are. Not to be an ambassador for Christ, then who in the world are you? Haven't come from heaven, that's for sure, the way you're acting, living. I'm not talking to you personally, just in general for Christians. Uh, he gives us purpose. Um, we're on a mission. This life, you're on a mission from heaven. And uh, we need to act like we're on a mission from heaven and stop forgetting where we've been sent from. These are things to meditate on, dwell on, get serious about. This is life-changing stuff. A lot of us maybe need to consider making changes in the way we live our lives and stop acting like we're married to the world. We're a citizen from heaven. On your number, of, uh, last one here, number four, in the words of the great evangelist Leonard Ravenhill, number four here, uh, is what you're living for worth what Christ died for? And I've changed it, is what I'm living for worth what Christ died for? This is a constant reflective thing we must ask ourselves. And if you do it once a year, uh, before the new year starts to evaluate your year and where you're going in the next year. Is what I'm living for worth what Christ died for? <laughs> Folks, a lot of people, it isn't. It really isn't. So these are important issues that we really have to uh, get right in us um, because there is no plan B here. We either walk as ambassadors or we walk with no power at all. And I think that's very frustrating to see the Christian church in America have so little power because they forgot where they were sent from and have made a foreign land home. Uh, our citizenship is in heaven, and that's what really matters. As we go to communion today, uh, they were real nice to me. I think they opened it up for me. Oh, they did, so I wouldn't make a mess. They know. Don't trust this guy with foil. Okay. Um, you know, as we receive communion today, we have uh, Paul's words here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. This is heavy stuff here. He got this directly from God, from heaven. The apostles didn't tell him this. This is wild stuff that what he received as a revelation from heaven here in chapter 11. 
The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whatever you eat, whenever you eat or this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus here is making a covenant with the disciples, of course, they're prototypical of the whole church. He's making a covenant with us. He's commissioning them, if you will, as ambassadors. When we receive communion, we're acknowledging and saying, yes, 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 yes. We're ambassadors remembering, reconciling people to him. But we're in agreement. This is our, this is our covenant meal where we remember why we're here. Uh, because of him, I can have life. Because of him, I can be his representative. Highest compliment you could receive on the earth, I represent the Lord Jesus Christ. As we receive today, by the way, if there's folks here that have never asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life, now would be a good time. Ask him to forgive your sin. Ask him to come into your heart to be your Savior, to be Lord of your life. And we'll have folks here at the end uh, to pray for people. And if you've done that for the first time, come on over here and talk to them. Tell them what you did. They have a gift for you, but they'd like to talk to you more about that. It's the most important decision of a lifetime. So as we're taking here the, uh, the bread and the, and the cup, let us be remembering now that we are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is who I am. It's my identity. And because of the covenant meal, I now have the ability to walk in a power that is impossible to be received if Jesus had not given it to me already. Let's partake. We thank you, Lord Jesus that we are in covenant with you. All eternity has already changed when the day you entered our hearts to be our Savior. I changed allegiances. I changed countries. My mind can't understand it. But all of a sudden now, I'm a real stranger here. This isn't home anymore. I've been translated into the heavenlies. The life I now live in the flesh, I live for Christ. I live for the praise of his glory. I'm on a mission, Father God as a minister of reconciliation. Father God, bring us all deeper revelation personally of what that means. Help us, Holy Spirit, to come alongside in these days ahead to walk out that ambassadorship that we've been given in Christ, to, to grasp and realize how serious this is, that uh, one day we will give an account of what kind of an ambassador we have been. Use us, Lord God, in these days. Father God, may your covenant manifest and overtake us with your covenant blessings and goodness, Father, that we would be even more equipped ambassadors for you. And if anyone today, Father, before receiving this communion has asked Jesus into their heart to be their Savior, may this be the beginning, Father, of a new revelation for them as they now have changed kingdoms. And we thank you for this, Father God that you've rescued us from the dominion of darkness, as the Word tells us, and brought us into the kingdom of your beloved Son. As we live this out, Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Well, thank you for being part of this ambassador's meeting. The doors are open. You can go out and work out your ambassadorship. I mean it, seriously. If anyone here needs prayer, of course, we'll have folks here available to pray. If you did invite Christ in your heart, we sure would like to know. Come on up and tell us. That means everything to us. And we thank you and be blessed serving the Lord today.